This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now these, uh, these scriptures uh, uh, obviously were written first to the Jews, but they don't just belong to the Jews. They belong to anybody that accepts Jesus as the Messiah. Everybody, no, no Bible scholar with any kind of credibility whatsoever, will deny that Isaiah 53 is the single chapter that identifies the, the, the work of the Messiah more than any other place in the Bible. This is the gold standard, as far as the Jews were concerned, this is the gold standard chapter for what the Messiah would do. They still believe it. Those the Jews that don't accept Jesus as being the Messiah still are looking for the Messiah to come and do these things. That's just the way that it is. Everybody agrees this is what the Messiah will do. Well, here's what Jesus did for us. We'll start reading in, um, well, let's just start in verse 1. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he, speaking of Jesus, shall grow up before him, God, as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. It's talking about Jesus as a sacrifice. It's not talking about Jesus as a human being. You know as well as I do that the Bible said that children came to Jesus and wanted him to bless them. How many preachers today do you know that kids want to be around? He couldn't have been some hard, you know, stone-faced like me. He couldn't have been anything like that. He had to be a real outgoing, friendly, you know, having a good time kind of guy, or otherwise kids wouldn't want to be around him. Listen, I know something about this. <laughs> Parents want me to see their kids, and their kids just shy away, you know, pull back. It's okay, I get that, I understand. You should. it. Don't let it hurt your feelings. Jesus could not have been that way. Kids wanted to be around him. Everybody wanted to be around him. Sinners wanted to be around him. He had to have been one of the most accepting and, and, and outgoing and, and what other word do you use? That had to be who he was. So here where it says we didn't see anything that we desired of him, it means when he was on the cross, when he was being made sin. Before that, during Jesus' earthly ministry, everybody saw something in him they desired. So he says, he has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him as a sacrifice on the cross. On the cross, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, pains, and acquainted with grief, sickness. The word pains is, uh, the word translated pains is translated throughout the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, I'm sorry, the word translated sorrows is translated throughout the rest of the Old Testament pains in, in the majority of cases. And the word translated griefs is, is uh, uh, translated in most of the cases in the Old Testament as sickness. So it says he was a man of, acquainted with pains and sickness. Well, how was he acquainted with pains and sickness? A lot of times we can look at his earthly ministry and say, well, Jesus healed the sick. So, yeah, he was acquainted with sickness. But folks, remember, remember, it's not talking about while he was here on the earth. It's talking about while he was hanging on the cross. In other words, it's saying God connected Jesus with sickness and pains as our sacrifice. Do you understand that? It's telling us first and foremost, the first thing that says about Jesus, other than we didn't see anything that we desired of him, it tells us that Jesus was associated on the cross, he was associated with pains and sickness before it says a word about forgiveness of sins. Before it says one word about forgiveness of sins, the first thing it tells us about the Messiah, that all Bible scholars agree this is the Messianic chapter, the gold standard for the Messiah's work. First thing out of the gate, 
It says that his connection was with sickness and pains. Some people want to argue about whether or not Jesus did anything about sickness and pains. God seemed to think so. Because it's the Holy Ghost telling them ahead of time, hundreds of years before the fact, here's what it would be about. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, pains, and acquainted with grief or sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Notice verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Again, this is the word griefs uh, for sickness and sorrows for pains. Surely he has borne our sickness and carried our pains. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, if you're wondering what the difference is in transgressions and iniquities, they both mean sin. There's very little difference in the words themselves that are used. It means he was wounded for Adam's sins, and he was also wounded for the ones that you committed. See, if Jesus just paid the price for your sin, then then the sin that brought upon the curse on mankind would still be in effect for you. Because when Adam sinned, all of mankind sinned. Now he says, by his stripes, with his stripes, we are healed. The reason he says we are healed is because Isaiah is looking to the future. Isaiah is looking down the road in the future to when the Messiah would come and accomplish these things. But now look with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Notice it says in, um, in verse 24, Peter is referencing... Isaiah. Now, Peter really doesn't quote much scripture in his letters. He does some, but not much. Paul does tons and tons more than Peter ever does. And the reason for that is because Paul was more learned in the Old Testament than Peter was. But everybody knew certain things. And Peter reveals the things that he knows in the letters that he writes. And here's one of the great things that all of Israel had to know about the Messiah. Now, not all of Israel accepted Jesus as the Messiah. But Peter, having accepted Jesus as the Messiah, knowing that he was raised from the dead, having been born again, now he knows that the gold standard Messiah chapter applies. And so that's one of the things that he refers to. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Peter says, Who, speaking of Jesus, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, that we being dead to sins, that we being dead to sins. When are we going to be dead to sins? We're already dead to sins. Please notice the tense that Peter is speaking. He's saying because Jesus bore our sins on the tree, because he took our, because he, uh, well, what what am I trying to say? Because he bore our sins in the tree, uh, in his own body, on the tree, that we, in other words, now we are dead to sins. He's not talking about we're going to be dead to sins because Jesus did something good for us and now all God has to do is finish it. No, he's saying Jesus has already finished the work. He took our sins, bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Therefore, we are dead to sins, period, already done. That's a real important point. Because he confirms that and says, and with his stripes, this word stripes means the mark of the blow. It means the punishment that Jesus took upon himself in Pilate's court when they beat him with these leather whips that had stones and glass and metal embedded in them. It wasn't like Jesus was whipped with uh, with a, a bull whip like we used to see on some of the old westerns. Now this thing was slashed into Jesus' back and then yanked out and would pull out uh, chunks of his flesh in such a manner that his whole body looked like one bruise. 
There are very specific words that are used in the Old Testament that talk about the beating that Jesus took, prophesied about the beating that Jesus took or would take. And the words that are used indicate that there could not be any two marks that were separately distinguishable from one another. That's why it says with his bruise, literally, with his bruise we are healed. His back was one mass of torn flesh. And that's what they put that rugged cross on, that splintered tree on his back. You know, some people, when the movie The Passion of the Christ came out, some people were, were, were screaming about it. Oh, it's too violent. It's too bloody. Folks, that was nothing compared to what it really was. Nothing. And if it makes you queasy to look at it, keep looking at it. Because that's what Jesus was willing to do for you. And he knew full well what it's going to be. He knew what Isaiah 53 said he was going to do. He knew exactly what he was in for. So Peter says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, already past tense, we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now what I want you to see is, folks, Isaiah is standing hundreds of years before Jesus looking forward to the cross. He's looking forward to the event where the Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah, would be crucified. Peter is on the other side of the cross. Peter is standing here looking back to the crucifixion of Jesus, saying, by his stripes we were healed. Isaiah said, by his stripes we are healed. In other words, when it takes place, when the event takes place, we will be healed. Just like when the event takes place, our sins will be forgiven. Just like when the event takes place, the chastisement of our peace will be upon him. Peter is looking backwards saying, because it's already happened, we're dead to sins now. Because it's already happened, by his stripes we were healed. Folks, I want you to understand something. The tenses mean everything when it comes to receiving from God. Because how many people do you know that are looking for God to heal them? They're standing here like Isaiah, saying there's something that's going to happen. Yeah, I know Jesus went to the cross. I get that. But something is going to happen where God will bring healing to me. That's not where we're standing. We're standing over here on Peter's side. We're standing over here saying Jesus already went to the cross. And when he went to the cross, he bore our transgressions. He carried our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. That's already been done. Therefore, because it's already been done, I'm not looking for God to do anything else. You know, it's a, it's, I hate to do this, but in some cases it's important. I saw Brother Hagin do this on occasion. He didn't do it very often, but there were times where he did it. And I saw the effect that it had on people and how it would get their attention. And so there have been times throughout, through the years of pastoring the church that I've used this. Because I'll see people and they're looking looking forward. Well, God's going to do something. I just believe, Pastor Mike, that God's going to heal me. And I'll tell them, well, he's not. Well, that's, that shocks them. And then I'll go further. Now, the, this is a quote from Brother Hagin. I learned it from him. If you want to get mad, blame him. He's in heaven now. But I'll tell them, God's already done everything he's going to do about your healing. And I've seen people just swell up and cry. You mean he's not going to heal me? I didn't say that. You mean he's not going to do something? I didn't say that. I said he's already done everything that he's ever going to do about your healing. In other words, it's already done. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, 
we are healed. Join us Easter Sunday at Foothill Family Church. Come be a part of our family as Pastor Mike Webb will bring a message about the hope that Jesus can bring. Our vision is people growing in God and serving in His kingdom with a mission of showing God's love and a message of victory in Jesus Christ. Come join us this Easter as we serve God together. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. We'll have two services on Easter Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. We want to start reading in verse uh, 32. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all the quarters, he came down to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. Folks, I love how the Bible says, and this is inspired of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says people were sick of the palsy. It doesn't say they were sick with the palsy. It says they were sick of the palsy. You get somebody that's sick of their sickness, and you're in good ground to do something. You get these other religious folks that want to pet it and say, well, you know, Jesus is just teaching me something here. Forget it. You're not going to do them any good. So it says this Aeneas kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. That means he's had palsy for eight years. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Now, I want you to keep this in mind when we remember what he said in 1 Peter 2.24. It says in 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness. The last phrase is, by whose stripes you were healed. That word healed is used two times in Acts chapter 9 verse 34. Same Greek word used twice in Acts chapter 9 verse 34. Peter said to Aeneas, Acts 9.34, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Maketh thee whole. Now, folks, what I want you to understand in the Greek, it literally said, Jesus Christ healed thee healed. Now, anytime, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can read. Anytime you find in the Greek where one word is used twice, the emphasis is on that which has already been done. So for the Holy Ghost to inspire Luke to tell us what Peter said. Luke's the writer of the book of Acts. For the Holy Ghost to inspire Luke to tell us what Peter said, and this to be what Peter said as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to say it. Jesus Christ healed thee healed. In other words, the work has already been done, Aeneas. By his stripes, you were healed. It's the same thing as what he wrote to the church. By Jesus' stripes, by the work, the finished work of Jesus, you were already healed. Folks, I want you to understand something. The Bible says without any equivocation, without any shadow of a doubt, it said healing is a finished work. And if there is any part of your attitude, your thought, your mindset, whatever, if there is any part of you in any way that's looking for God to do something before it's yours, you're looking from the wrong perspective. You're standing over there with Isaiah saying someday. The reality is we're standing with Peter saying it happened already. 
Jesus Christ healed thee healed. He's literally saying Jesus healed you. Already done. Past tense. Aeneas, did you know you were already healed? Jesus did the work for you. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And with his stripes, you were healed. Notice what effect that had on him. Peter then said, Arise and make up your bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now, was there a a manifestation of the Holy Ghost here? I don't know. Maybe. But if there was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, look at how the Holy Spirit manifested himself. He manifested himself by inspiring Peter to say, the work is already done. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, you know, I've heard you teach on faith before. And you said, you know, faith, Mark 11, 24. Therefore, I say unto you, Jesus is telling us about faith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I believe that I received when I prayed and nothing's happened. Folks, let me ask you a question. What can change the fact that Jesus already paid the price for your sickness? Does the doctor's diagnosis of cancer change that? Does the feeling in your body change that? Does the fact that you still feel in your body what you felt before you prayed, does that change that? Tell me what in the universe changes the fact that Jesus already paid the price for your sickness. Tell me what in the universe changes the finished work of Jesus concerning healing. Anybody? Faith doesn't change it. Faith just is the vehicle whereby you receive it. My point is, nothing in the universe changes it. It's an established fact. It already happened. How many times do we look back in our life and we say, you know, I really regret doing that. Does regretting it change the fact that it happened? You can beat yourself up about the wrong things you did, and it doesn't change what you did. Folks, you can't change what Jesus did. Jesus went to the cross. Whether somebody ever accepts it or not, Jesus went to the cross and he paid for their sins. He paid for their sins. He paid for Adam's sins. He paid for their material well-being, their well-being in every area, not just finances, but inclusive of finances. And he paid for their sickness. You can't change that. You can receive it by faith. Faith is the means whereby you take hold of it. But whether you believe or whether you don't believe, you can't change the fact that it's already been done. Nothing in the universe changes the finished work of healing. So why do we give credibility to our feelings? Why do we get all upset if the doctor says nothing's changed? Why do we give ear to the devil when he says, well, you may have thought you prayed in faith, but you know you're not worthy to receive it. and, And look, here's the proof. Nothing's changed. Nothing's happened. Why should that affect us? There's nothing the devil can ever tell you. There's no doctor reports you can ever get. There's no circumstance, changed or unchanged, that can change the fact, that it can alter the fact that Jesus took your sicknesses and bore your, uh, uh, took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses and with his stripes you were healed. That's finished. Nothing can ever change that. Ever. That's why faith 
Strong faith, as identified in Romans chapter 4, tells us Abraham's example. Romans chapter 4, verse 20, Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Because faith looks back at the finished work and says, thank God it's already done. And all the time the devil's saying, yeah, but you don't feel like it's done. You don't see a change in your body. You don't feel any stronger today than you felt yesterday. Faith says, yeah, but no matter how I feel, it's an established fact. It's already done and nothing in the universe can ever change that. Thank God it's done. Thank God it's done. Well, how long do you have to do that, Pastor Mike, until you finally realize it's done? Because once you realize it's done, there's nothing that the devil can do to keep symptoms in your body. Well, do you mean, Pastor Mike, that it's a sign of our not believing? No. Because faith acts as if it's done, even if you're not fully convinced. But the two things it says about Abraham is he was strong in faith, number one, giving glory to God, and number two, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. In Abraham's case, he's not even looking back saying, it's already done. He's saying, God said it, so it has to be true. And the more you confess it, the more you give glory to God because of what's already happened. And folks, please, I I don't know how to say it any other way than this. If I had another way, I'd try it. Nothing in the universe can change the fact that Jesus took your infirmities. He bore, past tense, your diseases, your sicknesses. And by his stripes, you were healed. That's done. It's a finished work. When we pray and receive by faith what Jesus has already done, Jesus doesn't even get up from the right hand of the Father. He doesn't say, oh, there's a healing bell. Okay, I, let's see, i got to get up and got to, oh, there they are. Okay, healing. That's not what happens. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, just like the Bible says that He is. And when we reach out by faith to accept what's already been done, God the Father and Jesus His Son look at each other and say, somebody else got it. Isn't that great? Jesus said, man, I'm glad somebody finally did. He doesn't move a peg. Why? Because the whole reason he's sitting down is because it's finished. Only one time the Bible tells us that Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father, and that's when Stephen is being stoned. Jesus seems to be standing at the right hand of the Father saying, what do you want me to do? Stephen, you want me to come get you? I will save you from this. But the Bible says Stephen gave up the ghost. It says that he went to sleep. When they were stoning him. And the word there is sleep. Not that he died. He chose not to be delivered. From his martyrdom. That's the only place that the Bible tells us Jesus is standing up. Every other place it says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Because the work's finished. Because the work's already done. Healing is a finished work. And folks, nothing in the universe can change that. Nothing in the universe can change that. I don't care if you're having symptoms in your body day after day after day. Once you've prayed the prayer of faith, it doesn't change the fact that healing is a finished work. I don't care what the devil tells you. I don't care what the doctor tells you. I don't care what anything that could possibly happen ever happens. Nothing can change the established fact that healing is a finished work. And it's not just healing that's a finished work. When somebody comes and gives their heart to Jesus and gets saved, Jesus doesn't get up from the right hand of the Father. They just, that individual just partakes of what's already been done. 
It doesn't take any extra work of Jesus to save this new person. Jesus meeting your needs, financial needs, your material needs. He doesn't have to get up from the right hand of the Father. We just reach out by faith and take hold of what's already been done. Same thing's true where healing is concerned. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, I, I'd believe that if I just saw a change in my body. Oh, so the change in your body, the change in your circumstance would then convince you that the work is finished? I've had people tell me that, and it doesn't. That's like saying, well, I'd believe in Jesus if I could just see a miracle. You ever heard, heard somebody say something like that? And then God will do something miraculous, and then they'll try to explain it away. I've been down that road. I've had people say, yeah, well, if I could just see a miracle, then I'd believe. And then something happens that's miraculous, and they say, well, that's not a real miracle. Oh, Okay. Healing is an established fact. It's a finished work. Folks, it really happened. Jesus really went to the cross. We're not talking fairy tale stuff. Jesus really went to the cross. He really paid the price. He really took your infirmities and bore your sickness. He carried them away. He carried your pains. He carried your sickness. He carried them away like the scapegoat. It's part of the reason that Jesus had to go to hell. He went to hell so that it would be a finished work. And people have the audacity to say that healing is not part of what's important to God. Jesus paid the price for it, and it's not important? Seriously? I want to ask you a question. What would it take for you to accept that it's a finished work? If it has any, if your answer, please don't tell me. But if your answer has anything to do with circumstance, then you're saying the Bible's not true until you can see something. You're saying that the historical record of Jesus on the cross really didn't happen unless or until you can see something in your own life. And folks, I would submit to you that what you see or don't see has no bearing whatsoever on what really happened. I want you to see every good thing that you want to see. But the road to seeing those good things, including healing, is to accept that it really happened and it's already done. Tenses mean everything in the Bible. For us, we don't have to be like the Jews that we're looking forward to something God was going to do. We can look back and say, what a wonderful time for us to live in. Now all we have to do is accept it by faith. Amen. Everything we have as Christians came through the work of Jesus on the cross. And the work of Jesus was finished when he was raised from the dead. That means healing is just as much a finished work as salvation or the forgiveness of sins. All that's left for us to do is to receive it, and we do that by faith. Come join us at Foothill Family Church. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Join us Easter Sunday at Foothill Family Church. Come be a part of our family as Pastor Mike Webb will bring a message about the hope that Jesus can bring. Our vision is people growing in God and serving in his kingdom with a mission of showing God's love 
and a message of victory in Jesus Christ. Come join us this Easter as we serve God together. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. We'll have two services on Easter Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.